Hey, you're listening to the Me, Myself and Mum Life podcast, where each week you'll hear me and my guests talking about the realities of life after kids. Thank you so much for joining us and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to a one-off episode of the Me, Myself and Mum Life podcast. For those of you that are avid listeners of the podcast, you'll know that I am in the process of taking a bit of a break over the Christmas period, having had a very busy year and been recording and releasing episodes every two weeks for nine months before. However, I felt really compelled to come on and do a bit of a one-off episode to talk in a bit more detail about the recent prolapse diagnosis that I have had. If you follow me on my Instagram page, Holly and Thea, you'll have seen that I've spoken um, quite a bit about this recently. And naturally, like these things always do, and the reason I started the podcast in the first place, it kind of requires a bigger answer to some of the questions that people are asking me. And it's hard to fit that into a message or a reel or a story or a post. So here we go. I just want to talk a bit more about my experience, what actually happened, what is happening now and kind of what things are looking like for me moving forward in the hope that it will help me because it always helps me to kind of externally process when I've got challenging things going on, but also help other people who might be feeling something's not quite right, might have a worry that they're experiencing something similar and may not have reached out for help yet. And that's something that I'm going to talk about uh, quite a bit in the episode today, just in terms of, I suppose, people's um, kind of desire not to go and get help with this specific issue because it feels like quite an embarrassing one. So right back to the kind of start of where my journey began. If you've listened to my birth story podcast episode, you will have heard me talk about the fact that I had a pretty traumatic labour. So an induction that led to me being in labour for four days. Um, Once my waters had broken, 13 hours of labour, including three hours of pushing. Thea was stuck, which ended with an episiotomy and forceps delivery. So all of that was pretty traumatic and I knew after having had Thea that things did not feel as they did before and I think it's really hard when it's your first child particularly because you don't know what's normal in terms of how you're going to feel afterwards. Unfortunately for me I did get a couple of infections, my stitches got infected so it was a really long and complicated recovery. But Um, around eight weeks after I had Thea, I went for a mummy MOT, which is a private kind of pelvic health check that you can have done. Um, because the support that you get postnatally is absolutely minimal from the mum's perspective. So I think I had a five day GP appointment at the surgery where they just checked on Thea. Um, I didn't get them to check my own stitches at the time because I'd already been to get them checked because they were infected. Um, so it was literally just a check up for Thea. And then um, eight weeks after I had Thea, I went to the GP and had a checkup for Thea again, where the GP went through like some bullet points with me of how I was feeling and that was about it. So concerned about the fact that everything felt quite heavy down there, there was still quite a bit of swelling. I went to go and have um, a mummy MOT where I definitely at that time did not have a prolapse. Um, She did say, you know, your pelvic floor is quite weak. You need to really focus on your pelvic uh, floor exercises etc um, and as a result of that I've always been pretty consistent with kind of kegels which was the only knowledge I really had at the time of pelvic floor exercises um, 
on top of that, I had my coil fitted, so another examination of that sort of area and um, some subsequent like smear tests and investigations for other things like that. So I feel like I've had a lot of people looking at that area and at no point was the prolapse diagnosed at any point up until very recently. I then returned slowly back to my normal exercise routine, so I am an avid exercise person if you like um I go to the gym kind of five times a week do a mixture of weights some running various different things um I never rushed back into it I really built back up slowly because I'd lost a lot of strength obviously whilst I was pregnant despite having trained throughout my pregnancy um and zoom forward kind of to when this all happened a few weeks ago, I was honestly feeling the fittest, strongest I've probably ever been. Um, we've recently been to a trampoline park where I was able to jump on there, no issues. I never wee myself. I don't have incontinence. I don't have a weak bladder like you hear some people talking about. So as far as I was concerned, the, the only kind of indication I had that something wasn't or hadn't gone back quite right to normal was that I had some discomfort using tampons but that had happened ever since I'd had Thea so nothing had changed it was just the same thing and then we were um we went into town and did some shopping on bonfire nights so the 5th of November um and it involved a lot of walking around with Thea and we didn't take the pram because she doesn't really like getting in the pram now she wants to get out and walk and picked up and walk and picked up and so on um, and she's going through a particularly clingy phase, so she was wanting me to pick her up all of the time. Um, so we were walking around pretty much for a couple of hours, me carrying her and whatever. And I'd been on my period a few days before. And um, when we got home from town, I said, okay, so I'm just going to to the toilet. And I genuinely thought that I must have put a tampon in that morning and forgotten about it. And that feeling, you know, when a tampon's just not quite right in its place... I had a feeling like that. So nipped the toilet. Thea obviously ran after me, went to look for the tampon string. And I'm like, there's no tampon string. That's weird. So I said to Kate, so I'm just going to run upstairs. Um, and I told him, I said, oh, I, I don't know if like there's a tampon stuck in me or something. Because I can't see the string, but I can feel it. And I must have forgot to take it out. And he was like, are you all right? I was like, I'm just going to go upstairs. So tried to like feel myself. I'm like, I couldn't feel the tampon. My heart started racing. I was like, what the hell's going on? I've never had anything like this before. Um, um, we had some friends coming round, so I said to Kate, just run upstairs, we have both kids downstairs, it's like Hudson, watch Thea for a minute, um, and I'm trying to tell him what's going on, and I was like panicking, he was like, right, just calm down, I'll have a look, so he's having a look, he's like, Holly, there's nothing there, but it feels normal, I can't see anything, I don't think you need to worry, and I'm like, well, I am worrying, because it feels like there's something in my vagina, which feels like a tampon that's stuck, and you're telling me you can't see a tampon, so something's going on, so literally 15 minutes later our friends were due round so I didn't have a lot of time to kind of think about it um just kind of hosted them and whatever and then they went um and obviously by this time I was literally on google like what else could be wrong with me um and it became pretty much clear quite quickly that it could be a prolapse because this whole concept of feeling like a tampon stuck is one of the most common symptoms of that um and I, I just I don't know why I just read it and I thought I just knew I was like I know what this is going to be um straight away so I spent most of that Sunday night googling reading trying to work out what it's all about because if I'm being completely honest I didn't even really know what a prolapse was I'd heard of it didn't understand much more about it than that so the next morning I rang my GP um, and managed to get an appointment for that morning. So Curtis came back from work and looked after Thea so that I could go. And she 
basically I wasn't expecting a lot from the GP I don't rate them to be honest it's very rare I have a great experience there but I just needed to know what the situation was so I walked in and basically was getting upset from the minute I sat down and she was like what are you getting upset about and I was like I'm just really concerned um all of these thoughts were going through my head that I'd read the night before around you can't exercise with a prolapse, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I was thinking my life is literally going to be over, like it's not going to be the life that I know it to be now. Um, so that's that's where the emotion was coming from. Um, so she went, well, let's have a look. And she just said, yeah, I can confirm, you know, you have got a prolapse. She didn't really tell me much more about it than that. And I said, right, so what, what do I do? And she was like, well, you just need to do pelvic floor exercises. Um, so I've since found out in a lot more detail that they kind of grade the prolapse from one to the, which is the kind of best case scenario for a prolapse and then four, which is the worst. And she kind of graded mine as a one to two, um, like a one normally. And then if I was pushing down a two, um, but that that's kind of all she said. And in that moment, that really meant nothing to me. But because I was upset, she said, well, I can refer you to a gynecologist, but I don't think they'll be able to do much for you at your age. Um, especially if you don't know if your family's complete, like surgery is not really an option. And I just felt like she was just not really being very helpful. So um, I said to her, well, can you make me a private referral letter? Because I have private medical insurance. and It was my intention straight away to go and seek extra help through them. Because um, whenever I've had other issues, which I have around the smear and cancerous cells and things like that, I've just moved straight out of the NHS line as soon as possible and used my insurance because yeah, my experience hasn't been great. So she was like, yeah, yeah, I'll happily write your private referral letter. So she clearly felt that there was there was something else that could be done, but it, maybe it wasn't in, important enough for the NHS waiting list, let's put it that way. Um, so I left um, the doctor's surgery that day, and this was Monday, and literally spent the whole afternoon looking for a private consultant that I could go and see, all of whom had waits until like the end of January. And bearing in mind it was the end of the beginning of November, I was just like, there's no way I can wait all of that time to like find out what's really going on. Um, so I managed to eventually on Monday night at like eight o'clock had a call from one of the uh, consultants in like the county secretary and said, oh, he's had a cancellation on Wednesday. Can you come in? Yeah, fine. I would have literally dropped everything to go. Um, so I only had to wait two days, managed to go and see him. And he basically explained to me what I now understand a prolapse to be so a lot more detail in fact he was absolutely amazing um I just felt like I left that appointment so much better equipped with like the situation what my options were and how I could move the situation forward so he basically explained that a prolapse is where your pelvic floor has failed in some aspect because your pelvic floor is kind of muscle structure that holds up your pelvic organs which is your rectum bladder and uterus um and that it was my bladder that had prolapsed so I had weakness um on part of my pelvic floor which means my bl bladder has prolapsed and essentially what it means is one of those pelvic organs is descending downwards into your vagina um or or it could be in the case it's it's like the back end but for me it's the vagina so that is then the feeling something is in your vagina basically hence the feeling of the tampon um so he fully explained how all of that works and just basically said look the the key thing for you right now is focusing on strengthening your pelvic floor back up as much as you can to try and 
I suppose, maintain the situation how it is, make sure it doesn't get any worse and even potentially improve the symptoms. So he recommended that I started physio, which again, I have done privately. Um, and he said, I'd, I'd try and do that first. He said, it's not that surgery isn't an option, but you don't know if your family's complete. Surgery has a 40% failure rate on the basis that if your pelvic floor structure still isn't strong, one of your other pelvic organs could prolapse. So you know, surgery is a real final option option if it's really unlivable and you've exhausted kind of the other options. And then there's also an option around having a pessary, which is something that you can insert or have inserted permanently that kind of holds your pelvic floor up. So there isn't loads of options, but there's some options and I felt more optimistic on that basis. I then um, reached out in a local mum group that I'm part of and managed to get a recommendation for a pelvic floor physio um who I started seeing the following week so I've been really fast in my action in terms of this situation which is how I am generally as a person um I don't really sit around and dwell too much I just try to jump straight on it and do something about it where I can uh, so from literally this happening on the Sunday by the Wednesday I'd seen a private consultant and by the following Monday I'd already started my physio um had I been waiting for the NHS, I probably wouldn't either have had any support or I'd still be on a really long waiting list. And it does make me feel sad that there'll be so many people that are in the situation where that's their only option. Um, my advice, even just from my experience so far, would be to push for the help that you think that you need. And don't let the fact that the GP might be unhelpful put you off from going to see them to get a diagnosis. Because although it was really expensive to see the private consultant, it isn't unaffordable to see a private physio. So I think it's about £50 per session, um, which I have every two weeks. But, you, you know, you could have them less frequently. And I think, you know, when you think about other things you might spend that money on, I think that's a good investment. So, um, yeah, my advice, if you think something is wrong, would be to go and get a diagnosis from your GP. And even if you don't use the services of the NHS because of the wait times, etc., certainly there is lots of women's physios around who can help you to try and strengthen your pelvic floor as much as you can, obviously, depending on what your situation is. In my case, with me being graded one to two, it wasn't beyond hopefully repair um, or certainly improvement of symptoms from where I was at on that initial day when it happened. So I suppose it, the, the, there is um, a silver lining, hopefully, for me in the future in terms of how I can improve the situation as things stand today. But on that day, that Monday when she told me that's what had happened, you know, it it really changed my life from that moment onwards because I'm now going to live with this lifelong condition, which is probably going to get worse over time. Actually, 50% of women suffer a prolapse at some point in their life, usually postmenopausal or post-multiple birth um, experiences. Unfortunately for me, because of the type of birth that I had, I don't think it helped also that I had a really severe case of COVID during pregnancy, which gave me a cough so bad that I broke some ribs. Um, so I think all of those things together... And the fact that I was 35 when I had Thea, so a bit older, probably all contributed to why it's happened for me after my first pregnancy. I don't think that's as common. But it's left me just feeling that it's disappointing that we don't get more care post having a baby, more advice. 
referral to physio, especially if we have had an assisted birth or something that increases the risk factors of a prolapse. It's almost like the GP will wait until something happens and even then wait until it's quite severe before they're prepared to intervene, which is very reactive from my point of view. My my objective is to try and, you know, have this condition have the least impact on my life that it can as opposed to just sitting back and waiting for it to get so much worse that I then can't do the normal things that I enjoy doing which is kind of where I'm at today um so I've more or less had to stop the exercise that I was doing um me and Curtis were supposed to be competing in a fitness competition in January that's had to be cancelled um and worse still than that is just I've got this constant feeling of discomfort some pain um and and a mental fear that anything that I'm doing is going to make the situation worse so even this weekend you know I've had a couple of um days out with Thea where I've either had to walk I've had to carry her a bit stand for a long period of time and it's been unbearable to the point where I've had to keep stopping and sitting down which is just not like me somebody who's extremely fit strong um, you know, never had to think about any of these things before. I'm now like, right, will there be seats? Will there will there be somewhere that I can sit down? How long will I have to carry Thea for? Can I even take Thea out on my own anymore? Um, because the you know the GP's original advice was stop picking Thea up. That could be an aggra- aggravating factor. She's not even two years old. Of course, she's going to want me to pick her up. So, um you know, the impact it's had on me almost overnight has been stark. Um, And a lot of people said to me, oh, how are you coping mentally with not being able to exercise and stuff? And it is really hard. It's really hard. Um, Not only that, but one of the things that me and Curtis weren't fully decided on is whether we'd have another baby. And whilst we would still absolutely be able to have another baby and lots of people who've had prolapses have gone on and not felt that it's had a massive impact on them, I think for me, especially as I'm older, I mean, first and foremost, I would have to have a cesarean delivery and the consultant said that to me. But he also said that carrying a baby in third trimester at my age under my circumstances would inevitably make the situation worse. It would require a lot of bed rest, which realistically isn't going to happen with Thea. Uh, so it's it's not made it an impossible option, but it's made it a far less likely option. So that's a lot to come to terms with. It's all a lot to come to terms with. And as always, sharing stuff through my Instagram channel has been a lifesaver because the community that I've got on there and the reach that it gives me means that I've had so much amazing advice given to me, pages to follow, stuff on YouTube that I can look at, just so much information, which has been a bit overwhelming, but I've been able to read through the bits that I'm interested in and that I feel are applicable to me and put some of those things into practice, whether that's like a pelvic floor toner that I've ordered or some support pants that make it a bit easier to carry Thea around and just certain things that make my day-to-day life easier. That's what I've been able to get through my social media community, which is amazing. And I feel absolutely compelled now to continue to share my kind of journey and experience with this because of a few reasons. One, because I think far too many people have reached out to me and said, I think something's wrong with me and I'm too embarrassed to go and find out. And for me, sharing my story, I know has has helped others have the courage already to go and 
see the doctor and find out whether there is something wrong or there isn't. Um, I think, you know, it is an embarrassing topic. It shouldn't be, but it is. And I don't find it embarrassing to talk about kind of on my social media or to my partner or even to the GP. But recently, you know, I've had to say to people at work or, you know, I've had some health issues. Oh, is everything all right? I don't want to be telling male colleagues the detail of what's going on and in that sense that's where the embarrassment comes in for me but for some people even talking about that area of the body feels quite embarrassing um I, I want to share my story so that people feel it isn't embarrassing and that they should be able to access the help that they need to live with this condition in the best way that they can um and know that there is support available um t- to them um I also think you know because people have shared stuff with me that's worked for them for me, I want to pay that forward to others. So if I can share my journey and share some of the positives that I've taken from it, I think that will be helpful too. Um, Another reason is that there's loads of people on social media who've got really good intentions and talking about the kind of positive side of prolapse and the optimistic side and the fact that they've been able to really reduce the symptoms there's not many people talking about the realities of what it's like to be living with this condition and how it feels mentally. Um, and I always like to be open and honest on my Instagram and through this podcast anyway. But ultimately, for me, being able to be honest about this, I know is already helping other people and it helps me as well just to have an outlet to talk about it because otherwise there's all of this stuff going around your head and that can feel quite overwhelming and isolating because I don't know anybody who has got this condition apart from me uh, personally. So if I didn't have the community that I've got, I wouldn't have anyone else to talk to about it. So I think it's it's nice to feel like you've got a bit of a support network in that sense so for that reason I want to share my journey and I also want to raise people's awareness around pelvic health generally because if 50% of women are going to have a prolapse 50% of women at some point are going to be in the position that I'm in and although it's happened to me earlier in my life if I can help anybody to prevent this from being their life in the future then that that means a lot to me uh, because I wish I'd understood it more not just from having Thea but even throughout my life like this is a muscle that I've ignored not understood not understood the importance of and not understood the importance of neglecting and yet there's other muscles in my body that I would train at the gym and I just wish I'd have known the importance of training this muscle and I think it's something that we should be taught from a much younger age around how to do that and how to do it effectively even when I left the hospital of having Thea or even when I did the mummy MOT and was said yeah you do your pelvic floor exercises I only know kegels pretty sure everybody does and even then I don't know how to do them effectively also I've now found out through seeing my physio so I think you know there's such a lack of awareness of how to do pelvic floor exercises how to do them effectively and the consequences at the end of the day if we don't do them um, as women so I'm trying to take the positives out of the fact that all of the work that I'm going to put in now, because I will be relentless in doing everything I can to improve my situation, because that's just how I am, will also stand me in good stead into the future when I have gone through menopause and everything else to hopefully know more what to expect and not find myself at 60 years old with the prolapse and completely panicking. So yeah, I thought it would be useful for me to share this via my podcast so that it's a bit more detail, a bit more background as to what happened, how it happened, what my symptoms were, what what I've done so far and what I'm doing moving forward. So I'm going to be having six months of 
six months of physio initially every two weeks probably move to every three or four weeks and um, once we start to see a bit of a difference after three months but I've had one uh, two physio appointments the second one was today she was already saying I can feel a bit of difference from the work that you've been doing again that's made me feel optimistic so it's not easy the whole journey's not easy I could do without it I wish it hadn't happened to me um I think for anyone this is hard, it's very hard for someone who's as active, who loves exercise, that's part of your life, it's part of your relationship, it's the hobby that you do with your partner, to not be able to do any of that overnight, to be fearful of picking your child up, to be fearful of going out on your own, to be fearful of going to places where you might not be able to sit down, that isn't a life I'm used to living and it's not one I want to get used to living either. So it's been hard, but it is what it is. You know, life throws shit at us and we have to deal with it. And that's what I'll do with this, like I've done with other things in the past. But hopefully sharing this will help some of you. And as I always say, my messages are always open. I love to hear from people. I love to hear um, people's experiences, any tips that you've got or any advice that I can share, I'm more than happy to. I'm not a medical professional. I can only talk from my own experience, which is what I always say. Thank you if you've listened to all of this. Thank you for everybody's well wishes and support that you've given me uh, through Holly and Thea Instagram page. It, it really does not go unnoticed and it just does make you feel a bit less alone when you've got these things that you're dealing with. But we'll be back in the new year on the Me, Myself and Mum Life podcast with lots of exciting new episodes and no doubt this will be a continued feature of the conversation to keep people updated about how I'm getting on but in the meantime I hope everybody has the loveliest festive season Christmas and New Year I know lots of mums listen to this and I think we can all agree Christmas with the little ones is amazing so enjoy yourselves and I look forward to having you all back in the new year thank you